Welcome back to BP Leadership. We are going to continue with part two of the five daily disciplines of being led by God before you lead with our guest speaker, Pastor Brent Purvis. Let's continue and see what he has to say about God's purpose for your life. I, uh, I remember reading about Michael Jordan and the adversity he faced. Michael Jordan, you know, was cut, people know this, from the varsity team. He played JV and this just this broke him up. He cried all, all night long. Michael Jordan cried all night long. And they kept the list. The worst thing is they kept the list of the people that made it and the people that didn't make it. And he said, every day when I went to practice, I'd look at that varsity group of names and my name wasn't on there. We all know what happened to Michael Jordan. He's the goat. You want to do the LeBron thing versus Michael? Michael's a goat. Okay? He's bad. He's, he's the goat. All right? There won't be none like him. Who changed the game more? Michael Jordan. Okay? How many championships has he got? Was it six, seven? That's it. Just the game over. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I've missed. I've failed over and over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I've succeeded. If you're going through something, I want to tell you, it's because God is preparing something in you right now that you will need for the better season in your life that is around the corner. I can't help but think about Elijah, the great prophet, that I, one that I named my son after. He called a drought on Israel. Now, this would affect him. That <laughs> means he's going to be thirsty too. He goes through adversity, lives with a little, you know, a widow, and lives by a brook. And we all want to look at Elijah's life. You know what we want to talk about? We want to talk about chapter 18, don't we? Oh, Mount Carmel. I'm going, we're going to take an Israel trip soon. Me and Carrie were opening up registration this weekend. And we're going to go stand on the mountain that he brought down fire. I mean, it's going to be amazing, okay? Everybody wants to talk about Mount Carmel. But I want to tell you something. Elijah's faith wasn't built on Mount Carmel. It was simply brought. See, it was built at a place called a brook, at an obscure place, a place of solitude, a place of adversity, difficulty, where he was fed by a raven, where the creek that he was eating, drinking out of was dripping slower and slower every day. The place called Kareth, this brook, means cut off. He was cut off and had to build his faith in God alone. If he didn't build it at Kareth, he couldn't have brought it at Carmel. And you're in a spot right now, you may be at a Kareth, where he's building your faith. Because he's about to bring you up on to Mount Carmel, and you're going to need some faith to withstand the success that he's about to pour out in your life. If he, you don't build it now, you can't bring it later. And so that is what just comes in my mind. And you got to know that this is, I want you to understand that this season of adversity, it's just a chapter, okay? Okay, bro? Dude, it's just a chapter, all right? It ain't the end of your life. God says he's the author and the finisher. This, this might be chapter 15 like he was in Kareth, but you still got chapter 18 ahead, Carmel's ahead. It's just a chapter, man. It, it, this too shall pass. And when you come through the next, you're going to be even better. You're going to be even stronger. Some of us live our life by the as-if philosophy. As if God's not in control. As if God's not enough. As if God's not for me. You need to swap that and live the what-if mentality. What if God is in control? What if God is enough? What if God is for me? You know why? Because He is for you. And He is in control. And He does have plans for your life. Hold on to your faith. Man up. Woman up. Hold on to your faith. It's, it's as solid as the Word of God, and the Word of God will not fail you. The fourth thing, and I'm, I'm trying to talk fast here. I focus daily, all these are daily, I focus daily on what God has called me to do. Every one of you, God has called you to do something. 
I've never seen an ultra-successful leader that doesn't have extraordinary focus, just, just where they're crazy intense focus. Paul, one of the greatest Christian leaders ever, said, but this one thing I do. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining towards what's ahead. Here's what I know. Once we define our goal, our goal begins to define us. Two on that. Once you define your goal, your goal will begin to define you. When we are led before we lead and we focus in on what God has called us to do, it eliminates all the other distractions. My father, founder of BPL, used to ask us the most simplistic question in the world growing up. He'd say, what do you want most? Oh, it drove me crazy, y'all. If I hear this question one more time, what do you want most? He said, I can help you get anything you want in life if you just answer one question. What do you want most? And you know, that is a focus question. Because once you can answer what do I want most, you can eliminate what you don't need to mess with. I know a lot of adults that are going through life, buying this car, trying this business, trying out this relationship, and it's because they don't know what they want. And if you don't know what you want, guess what? You'll never get it. You'll come up empty-handed every time if you don't know what you want. You've got to define, what do I want most? Everything that gets you towards what you want most is your friend. And everything that steps in the way, that's your enemy. See, here's what I know. You can't define distraction without first defining destination. You don't know the difference between a, a distraction and the... And, and, and a good opportunity if you can't define where your destination is. You can't define distraction without first defining the destination. Paul says, I press towards the goal. You know that those terms there, the goal in the Greek, to the foundation for the English word scope that we would put on a rifle. You know what that does? It magnifies the target. He said, I press towards the goal. I magnify the target. You know what magnifying does? It intensifies our focus, but it also eliminates the things that we do not need to focus on. It does two things for us. When we know what we want, when we know what we're after, it intensifies that and it eliminates everything else that we shouldn't be doing. Don't you ever lose sight of your mission. I'm reading a book right now called Fan the Flame by Jim Cimbala. And um, it's really for pastors, but he was talking about the time that he lost his focus. He, see, he, he, he's the founder of the Brooklyn Tabernacle in uh, New York. A lot of homelessness around there, a lot of addictions around there, uh, a lot of lives that are really uh, tore apart. And he built his entire ministry caring for these type people, building facilities to help them get into re rehab. He's built rehab facilities and helping them get off the streets. But he's been doing it for 40 years. And he said a while back <clears throat> that he was in a season where he was tired and he forgot his mission. He said, I'm standing there at the end of the service, three services, I'm exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And there's a homeless guy standing there and, and he's waiting to talk to me. And he said, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I want to open up because I don't want you to forget your mission. He said, I reached in my pocket and I felt some cash. He said, I'll just give him some cash and so that he'll, he'll go away. Now, the whole church was founded on caring for these type people. And he says, here you go, man, and handed him a wad of cash. And the guy had tears in his eyes. And he looked at the cash and then looked him back in the eyes. He said, I don't want your money. I want your Jesus. And he said it changed everything. He said that when he was reminded in that moment that that these are the people that I care for. This is the reason we're here. This is the reason we exist. He said, I went on and found this guy a job. I went on and helped him get cleaned up and helped him get rehab. He said, the beautiful thing is, he, he even went to college afterwards. He said, you would never even notice that this guy was a homeless guy. Then he found the one. 
And he said, this is years later, he comes up to me and he says, Pastor Jim, he said, he looks like a total different guy, cleaned up, business guy. Would you do my wedding? He said, I'd be honored to. Don't you ever forget your mission. You're not just running the health club. You're saving mothers. You're saving fathers. You're saving sisters. You're saving brothers. You're not just trying to get five pounds off of them. You're saving them so that they can be in their life and have these precious moments in their life. What you think you're doing is not just what you're doing. It's so much higher. It is so much higher. You're not just doing what you are doing. There is a higher level behind it. But you got to stay focused. And you got to know that mission. you got to live and die on that mission. Now I want to give you the last thing. <clears throat> the last thing is this. you got to be asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit daily. Every day. <laughs> you can't be led before you lead if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, he said, do not be drunk or wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to teach you something. He just uses this analogy because it's a great analogy. You can replace this with do not be controlled by greed. Do not be controlled by arrogance. Do not be controlled by pride. Do not be controlled. It's really just showing an example. Do not be controlled by anything else because when you drink, you can be controlled if you go too far. He's saying don't be controlled by anything else other than the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. You know how you stay drunk? I know you've drank before. How do you stay drunk? Everybody got quiet. In their, how do you stay drunk? You keep drinking. You got to be filled. I'm giving you permission to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. You know how you, what you do? It's so, so simple, guys. It's so simple. Every day you say, God, here's where I stepped out of bounds yesterday. Here's why I did wrong. God, search me and show me what I've done wrong. And I'll gladly confess it. God, forgive me of that and fill me with your spirit. You pour out the old and he fills you with the new every morning. And then you say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to go throughout the day and I need your wisdom. I, I talk to the Holy Spirit because he is my best friend. Before I make any business to the Holy Spirit, what I need to do. Sometimes I'll step out and they'll be, I'll say, can I step out? For just a moment, or I'll say, I'll use the old, I got to use the restroom real quick. And our Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Holy Spirit, would you tell me what? To, I will never forget when we came back from uh, having to close down the church because we didn't know what the COVID thing was or what it was going to do. And I was just about to announce the church is back over and we we're just going to try it. And I said, can I step out? And I walked into a stairwell and I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? It doesn't feel right. And he simply just said, Brent, how about this? You're already taping live. Invite everyone that will volunteer to be a part of the live service. And when you get enough people to serve, you can open the church back up. Because it was going to take like three times as much. And I remember thinking, that's brilliant. And we had one, we picked up 800 volunteers. People that said, I want to I come back to church, so I'll serve. And we lost one loser. They said, you asking me to work, come back to church and work? Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Zero minus zero, zero. But how'd that happen? By just asking the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, if you just ask, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Guide me. I always say this. Fill me with your spirit that I may glorify Jesus today. See, I, I, I can say, fill me with your spirit and make me a greater preacher. Fill me with your spirit. Make me a greater teacher. That, that's good. He might or might not be interested in that. But if I say, fill me with your spirit that I may glorify Jesus, he says, now that's why I came. I'm in. I'm all in. And when you make your decisions to glorify Jesus, 
you're going to find yourself right in the will of God every single time. I want to uh, tell you that's the five daily disciplines to being led before you lead. <laughs> I know you're going to leave today and say, that's pretty dang simplistic. I often think about this in closing, being filled with the Holy Spirit. One day I'm going to get to heaven. One day, hopefully, all of us get to heaven. If not, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell you how in just a second. And I imagine I'm gonna, I want to go talk to the heroes. What about you? I want to go talk to the Noah. And I want to go up to Noah and say, man, you build a boat before anybody ever saw a speck of rain. Did you know that? There was no such thing as rain before then. How, what did people, how did they criticize you when you were building a boat and they've never seen rain? What was it like when it started raining? Was it like you, ah, ha, 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 you know, I mean, what did you do, you know? What did it feel like when it started raining? I, I, I imagine I want to go to Moses and say, Moses, Mo, Big Mo, Big Mo, you mind if I call you Big Mo? I preach about you a lot. I think, Big Mo, give me a half. Big Mo, what did it feel like when you got to the edge of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's and his army is at your back and they're coming in hot and there's nowhere to go and you stretch your staff and the sea opens up. Moses, what was it like? Talk, 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 talk to me, Moses. Talk to me. What was it like? And I imagine I'm going to go see Joseph, one of my favorite Bible characters. Say, Joseph, what was it like when God gave you a dream and your whole life looked like it contradicted the dream God gave you? You got rejected by your brothers. You got thrown into a pit. You got sold into slavery. You got thrown into jail, falsely accused. What was it like to follow God faithfully? He's the only one that didn't have a faith collapse that I can find in the, in the whole Bible. What was it like before? You didn't even have the Word of God. What was it like? You didn't have the, the Word of God in that. What was it like to, when it finally came to fruition, there's your brothers and there's your father, and you saw those dreams come true? Well, tell me, tell me, Joseph, what was it like? And I imagine he'll begin to tell me that, and as I walk off, I imagine this, him saying, hey, Brent, can I ask you a question? Yeah, Joseph, anything, anything for you, man. Let me ask you a question. What was it like? I watched your life. I watched you almost die. I watched your son, and you get the news that he is autistic, and you were scared to death that he'd never make it in life. I, I watched who you could have dated, and you, you didn't, and how you and Carrie came together. And I watched your daughter and how proud you were of her, and I watched her at pivotal moments and how... You train. Well, I gotta ask you something. I watch how you lead at the church and this and that. What was it like, Brent? At every corner of adversity, confusion, fear, worry. What was it like to have the Holy Spirit living within you? What was it like? Because I didn't have the Word of God. I didn't have the Spirit of God. What was it like daily to be led, to have the power of the, the living God living within you to guide you? You know, sadly, many people are not going to be able to answer that. They're going to say, well, Joseph, uh, it's great talking to you, man. I'm going to get out of here. You know, we'll chat with you later, buddy. Don't you be that person. The Holy Spirit loves you. Say, fill me with your spirit. Guide me. I want to run my business for your glory. Those are the five disciplines, daily disciplines. But if you want to reach the highest level of leadership, we've got to be led before we lead. But I want to back up before we get out of here. It starts with knowing God. See, you can't be led by God if you don't know God. And I believe some of you have invited 
some unchurched friends here, and you're just checking things out, and you're checking the leadership thing out. Listen, I love you too much not to tell you the truth. There are a lot of pe- places you can go, and they'll give you a great message. They'll fire you up, and you'll get going. But if I don't tell you how to spend eternity in heaven, I really got to hate you, right? And I don't hate you. I love you. So I want to tell you, eternity is too long to be wrong. Eternity is too long to be wrong. 99% sure is 100% lost. Do you know the most important decision in your life? Do you know? Not do you know about Jesus? Not have you done good deeds and given to charity and helped people? Do you know 100% where you'll spend eternity? And if you don't, I want to give you and leave you in a prayer where you can walk out of this room and you can have the greatest gift ever. Not a motivating speech. You, 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 you can leave here and know, I know where I'm spending eternity and I will now have a relationship with God. And you can begin to practice these five disciplines. But they mean nothing if you don't know God. If you want to know God, I want to tell you, He loves you. He loves you so much. We have a sin problem, okay? Maybe you've never thought about it. I, I probably have a more of a sin problem than you. Sin separates us from holy God. God's holy. He cannot tolerate sin. He, he's, he's just. He has to judge sin. You know how much He loves you? He sent His only Son, Jesus, to come live a sinless life in a body just like ours. Pass every sin that we've, we fail at every day. Go to a cross and to die in our place. And on that place, on that cross, Jesus says, pour out the wrath, the justice for all their sin on me and I'll willingly take it. Now that's the greatest love story ever. He died in our place because we're sinners, so he died perfectly, shedding his perfect blood so that we could be in Christ. When we put our faith in Christ, that God the Father could look at us through the lens of Jesus. When God sees you, he doesn't see you how you see you. You might see yourself shameful, embarrassed, messed up, mistakes. (laughs) God says, as he is, so are you. God looks at you and says, you look like Jesus to me. He went to a grave and rose from the grave. That's what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you've never asked Christ in your life, I want to lead you in a prayer where you can do so right now. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, thank you so much for this group of leaders. God, I pray that this would impact their life. Lord, I love you so much. And I just pray, Father, if there's anyone in here that doesn't know you, that they would settle that issue now. So if you'd like to have Jesus in your heart and heaven as your home, simply say this prayer and you can have him right now, right here. Say, Father, I know that I cannot save myself. I believe that your son Jesus is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for me. God, would you forgive me of my sins? And I ask you right here, right now, would you come into my life? I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe he rose from the dead. And I want you in my life. I look forward to a relationship with you. Now, with every eye just closed and every head bowed, no one is looking around. No one is looking around. If you just prayed that prayer and gave your life to God, would you just simply raise your hand, just right up and right back down. Just, it's just me and you. Right up and right back down. God bless you. Right up and right back down. God bless you. Father, thank you so much for those today that gave their lives to you. Thank you for this group of leaders. May we be a group of leaders that changes our business, our lives, our families, in this next generation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you all for having me. I've had fun, so this has been great. What an awesome message from Pastor Brent. One important point that we need to remember from part two is, once you define your goal, your goal will begin to define you. 
When we are led before we lead and we focus in on what God has called us to do, it eliminates all of the other distractions. Each month, we share these lessons at a live event to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. We'll have lunch, giveaways, and so much more waiting for you at these events. If you would like more information on dates and times of these events, you can visit bpleadership.com. This is where real leaders are made.